Hello everyone and welcome back uh, to the Good Fight Podcast once again. For the first one in 2021, we finally made it, we're into this new year. I know, imagine that, we finally managed to make it after many people going, well I wish 2020 was over. Well, it is finally over now and we're into this new year, um, thankfully for that. So, um, obviously you've got myself here, Andrew, on one side and Simon's on the other. I suppose I better ask you, what have you been up to for Christmas slash New Year then, I suppose? I have had a great time, Andrew. It's been a lot quieter, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, than it usually is, but it has been pretty decent. One of the highlights, um, both physically and just generally, was going up the mornings um, on um, New Year's Eve, it was, yeah. Um, basically, we woke up in County Antrim, lots and lots of snow about, and then we were like, oh, this would be amazing if we just went to the mornings. There's obviously going to be so much more snow. As we were driving and driving and driving, there's less and less snow, <laughs> and uh, we gave it the mornings, and there was just a skiff of snow. We were ambitious. Um, someone brought their um, snowboard, and we brought their. We also brought a sleigh, and attempted to do some sleighing, but basically, um, even gravity wouldn't help us as we tried to sleigh. We probably, like I'd say, the majority of like two meters we got, so it was a real thrill. Um, all in all. Fantastic views though, which compensated on good company. So it was it was pretty great, Andrew. Um, other than that, I've just been studying. I have finals, as I'm sure you've heard many many times, in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, I know I had a very um, very good Christmas. It was very different because not be able to see as many people as you would have um, would have liked to. But still, very good relaxing time. Like to have a bit of a not have to get up, but. Um, the crack of dawn every day and able to have a nice lie-in maybe a bit too long of lie-ins on a few of the days but I suppose that's just um, catch on a bit of sleep um, let me think what was the most enjoyable thing indeed? probably on the weekend actually went up for a, a wee journey up Cave Hill to see the sun sort of rise well it was a little bit up anyway but it was absolutely beautiful scenery even though it was very cold and I think sat on a thorn bush about three times trying to find somewhere soft to, to the sit. but apart from that it was it was good all the same and, and good to get out for a hike anyway and actually Parcel brought in the other day and um, came in from, I'll not say who the courier was or anything like that. You know, other couriers are available. Um, a couple of good things in for, uh, got a head torch for camping, which was good. And also grabbed sort of like the wee lights for inside if you're going sort of camping sort of um, more in the winter where it's quite dark already. So you just hang them in your tent. So I'm all prepared for a good camping trip sometime in the future once you actually decide to hurry up and finish all your boring exams that you keep talking about. <laughs> Here, I agree. They are very boring. It must have been Yodel, because Yodel are the worst delivery service ever. Anything I've ever ordered from them, no offense to them, but literally the whiteboard behind me is bent because of them. <laughs> but I was like, I literally am just glad I finally got it. So you clearly ordered these for Christmas, did you, Andrew? Uh, no, came after, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. We for New Year and that sort of thing, I decided to do. Um, but yeah, so, um, I suppose just to explain um, what's going on at the minute. So we're not actually going to do... Um, into our study in James, where we were in um, chapter four. But sort of the idea, obviously, the, the episodes for James are taking a little bit longer with different things going on and sort of busyness of life, um, you could say, and things like that. So what we're trying to do instead is every week, um, we're just going to come together, record an episode, and just um, share um, some thoughts that we've been enjoying um, for the past week in our own, whether that's something that we have heard or something that we have been um, studying in our own sort of um, quiet time and things like that. So we're just going to um, Simon's going to share a thought, then I'm going to share a thought, um, and then we'll sort of bring it together like that. So hopefully um, it will be a challenge, it will be some encouragement, or whatever it will be that the Lord may use it. 
and we just pray that it'll be a blessing um, for you. So with this new format, as we just explained, I will throw it over to Simon um, to share his um, devotion for this episode. Perfect. Um, so my devotion is from Psalm chapter 90. Um, so whether you want to turn to it yourself or you just want to listen, that is no worries. Uh, I'm just going to read the psalm and then I probably a main sort of point of view that I've just been enjoying as I've been flicking through the psalms. And I think the psalm is really, it conveys it so well. And I think it's a really useful point of view at the start of a new year as well to sort of set us up um, in terms of perspective um, that I've been enjoying and how 2021 yeah hopefully is different i just saw a meme last night and i chuckled it was like the the parent chap the parent trap and the mother is like looking between the two kids uh both of which are actually Lindsay lohan one is 2020 one is 2021 are they identical maybe but our perspective doesn't have to be identical <laughs> so psalm chapter 90 and verse 1 says lord you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is passing, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers, for you are brought to an end by your anger. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80 yet their span is but toil and trouble they are gone soon and we fly away who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom return O lord how long have pity on your servants satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil, that your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favour of the Lord, the Lord our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. May God bless the reading of his, of his word. Um, this is a psalm written by Moses, and it is the first ever psalm written um, before David and Asaph, etc., and the band got on, got on board. But Moses was the first one to, to ever write one. And you can, in this psalm, there is a lot of talk about turmoil and sighing of going through day to day, uh, year to year. And we know just even looking back to to Moses's life, he he lived a life of of turmoil. He he lived a, a difficult life. Like yes, maybe he was born in royalty for forty years, and he was enjoying the 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 feasts and the the beautiful crops that he was enjoying. But then for forty years, he was we know that he was in the desert. He he, he flew to the desert, and he was just a shepherd. Um, he had a rough time, and then for the next forty years, he also had another rough time, um, arguably worse. <laughs> um, 
So this, of all people, is a person that we should be interested in hearing what their perspective is about life. Um, maybe you're feeling not dissimilar to, to Moses. Maybe we've had a rough year where we've just been keeping on, keeping going. You know, uh, you know, next year is going to be different. Maybe we're fed up. I don't know. I've just been talking to a lot of people recently and they are so fed up of just not being able to see their friends. And some people aren't even sleeping at night. And I, I think I'm quite worried about them, to be honest. And um, a lot of people are just getting more stressed and stressed. And this psalm was a real comfort to me when I read it a couple of weeks ago. And I've just been thinking about a couple of the verses and I've actually I've been sharing with Andrew maybe a couple of the verses as well that I've just really enjoyed. But it's what that what I'm saying about the, the perspective that I really enjoy. And so let's go into it. So simply in verse two, it says, before the mountains were, were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Whatever time in the day you're reading this, Think about like a mountain scene that you've seen. So I'm thinking about that time on New Year's Eve when I saw the glory of God being <laughs> kind of revealed in the Moor Mountains. It was beautiful and they were covered in snow. But the, the word is saying this before any of that was made, before even the, the earth was made, God was there. And we know it, but it's so good to be reminded that he is everlasting, that he is eternal. And so despite the, the turmoil maybe we're, that we're feeling at the minute, the difficulty that we're going through, he has always been there. He is, he's therefore greater. He's therefore steadfast. He is therefore um, a lot more majestic than we often give to him. And I think that's the, the perspective that Moses starts out with this. Despite all of his frustrations, he starts with understanding who God is and let us do that, even on a daily basis. Who is God? to get up early in the morning and Andrew can testify to me that I did not get up early this morning <laughs> and I was awakened to his lovely voice um, but it is the, the discipline of even getting up in the morning and spending time with him it just changes the day doesn't it like when we do it it's amazing one of the next verses on this theme on verse four it says for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night It just, for me, the, the way I took that was that it's fleeting as well. Like time on this earth, it, it goes quickly. So we could spend so much time with God, but it is of, of yesterday, it's past. And that is the, the strange thing with this life, that as soon as time has passed, it is past. And we cannot go back onto it. Yes, we can analyze it. We can frustrate ourselves about it, but it is past. It says in verse five, that our time is like a dream. And do you ever get that? You have just woken up and you have remembered your strange dream of running through a supermarket and seeing Santa, or I don't know, something strange. That was my last recent one. And you know, a couple of you know, a couple of like minutes later you've completely forgot it. And that's exactly what our life is like. It's literally like it's remembered for a moment and then gone. It's completely gone. It goes on to talk like Moses compares our life with that of grass. In the morning, it's flourished and, re and renewed and revived. But in the evening, it withers and, and fades. And Andrew and I have been thinking a lot about the the brevity of life. I'm just going to say that, Andrew. The brevity of life. <laughs> Getting spoilers in for the next time we do games, for goodness sake. Unbelievable. 
well, you just give it away, didn't you? <laughs> and we've just been thinking about if we know how limited we are, if we know that literally, like, today could be the last day we ever live, like, we're not guaranteed anything else. If we realise that we are just like this grass that will wither away, will we more live in the present? Will we actually take opportunities and be, you know, assertive, I guess, and, and sharing people about, about Jesus um, and telling people how we, we feel about them, I guess? Um, we've just been thinking about those. I think this is what Moses is bringing out. He goes on then to say in verse 9, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. There's a lot of toil and frustration, and that is because of sin in our lives, and that's because, and all of us have that same condition. We are frustrated, and there is this natural decay in our body, and the decay around us in the world of friendships and so on, and it is frustrating. But we know that that is temporary as well. So this all is pointing to the eternality of God and the how temporary our situations are. It says in verse ten. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. So it's like, even if you're super lucky, you'll get to 70, or even 80, if you're super, super lucky. But, you know, we all know of many stories of people who maybe haven't got that, got that long as well. And, like, we're just not guaranteed it, and that's important. So even at the, the maximum of what life could be, it is fleeting. So if we are setting up shop here and we're just, you know, this if this is our really our home, then we're not we're not living life right, is basically what it's saying. It says in the Bible that our citizenship as Christians, if we have the Holy Spirit within us, um, our citizenship is in heaven, it's not on this earth. And so as first Peter talks about, we should be sojourners, exiles, um, just like the people that First Peter were were writing was was writing to. Um I don't, I don't think that's his official name. I think he's just called Peter, actually. Um, <laughs> but it goes on to say in this psalm, so teach us to number our days. So this is just some, a like how in light of that, life is temporary, God is so eternal. How do we practically apply these, these, these truths? And I think this psalm has just been great and these verses have been going over and over in my head. And I just wanted to share them. And I'm sure you've heard them before. But afresh is always good. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Do you ever have like a Monday and you've been sort of thinking about the, the that Monday for the whole weekend and the Monday goes so slowly and you get to savour aspects of it. And then within a heartbeat, it is <laughs> Saturday again. I don't know if you're like that, but that is definitely what I'm like. So, But Moses is saying that we should number our days. And what I take from that is that, you know, after every day, just to sort of sort of think about the day and to be like, that is a day that I do not deserve. It's an attitude of thankfulness from that day, for that day, despite how it went. It went terribly, even being like, God, I didn't even deserve to be alive today. And saying that about each day, it's living on a daily basis. It's not sort of, oh, you know, my life will be complete when, you know, for example, myself, when my exams are complete, all oh, my life will be complete. That's just not true. That's just not true. But if I am completing Christ today, if I'm living day by day in that, then that is how we live, as it says here, we'll, we'll live with wisdom, with a heart of wisdom. And the last thing I want to share with you is before I hand over to Andrew here, is verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love 
that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Like, let us take this nugget from, from Moses, let us take this, this nugget from God and apply it to our lives. We wake up, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but I wake up with sometimes like anxiety, being like, I have this to do, this to do, oh my goodness, this person to see, like it's just so much going on. And personally, I just need to satisfy myself in God in the morning. And I know that my day is radically different when that happens, and it is radically different when I don't, uh, if I'm honest. His love is steadfast. He is constant. He is eternal. And so if we're satisfied in the eternal God, in specifically his love, for we do many things in our day because we are wanting love from other people or love, um, you know, adoration from other people. But actually, if we're satisfied in him alone, then we will live differently. And that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. That's, that's what it's saying. Like, regardless of how many days you've got to live, you will be satisfied in him. Um, you will be glad in them if you're satisfied in the love of God every single morning. This is an instruction in the Bible. It's not just something you see on Instagram. Get up and do your devotion. It actually, it's, I think it's biblical. <laughs> and for me, it's a game changer. Um, so I hope you enjoy this um, short thoughts on this psalm. Andrew, over to you. Uh, thank you very much, Simon. Yes, it's definitely a um, I thought that we all really need to um, take into this new year um, to learn how to number our days and how that every day um, that God gives us is such a precious gift and to make the most of the time um, that we have. Because we don't know um, when tomorrow will be our last. So it's all about making the most um, of while we're here. Um, so we're going to turn um, from the Psalms into Jeremiah. Um, if, you've, if you've got your Bibles there, or if you just want to listen as I read a couple of verses, it's Jeremiah chapter 26. And I've been going through Jeremiah, which for probably about the last, I can't even remember how long, maybe a month, month and a half. So we're about halfway there at the minute. Um, but Jeremiah chapter 26 um, really um, spoke to me a lot, really sort of leapt out from the page. I'll probably not be able to share everything from it, but hopefully I'll be able to condense it um, down into um, a short devotional. Um, of course, we're sort of jumping in halfway through the, the book itself. So just to get a couple of the main themes um, from Jeremiah, just to hopefully get a bit more understanding here. A lot of them, um, God is calling the nation to repent um, from all the things that they have um, been doing. They've been told for us to turn away from the idols um, that they've been following after um, for such a, a long period of time. Um, Jeremiah, the, the prophet, of course, that the, um, who is prophesying to the nation at this time, he is told a lot to endure. He's told to keep going, to keep persevering even in the most in the midst of most difficult circumstances. There's also a theme throughout it that what God says comes to pass, even if it's not immediate, even if it's not right away, it still happens. And another and a final one, of course, there, there's many, that Jeremiah was one who was very bold before people, but he was very broken before God. And we can see that almost through the, the entirety of the book. But I suppose my short devotional um, for today, I suppose you could, um, if you wanted a title, so to speak, it would be obedience amongst opposition, obedience amongst opposition. And we'll just break in and we'll just sort of get a couple of um, thoughts from the passage. So um, starting from verse one. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, that was the king, uh, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord all the words that I command you to speak to them. 
do not hold back a word. And if we just stop there for a second, just those last um, six words of verse two simply goes, do not hold back a word. God was giving Jeremiah another message that he had to give to the people. And he was telling them to go and stand in the, the court of the Lord's house, which is very similar um, to chapter seven of Jeremiah, if you want to look at that in your own time. And he simply gives the command to him, to the word that I'm going to give you, Jeremiah, I want you to say it in its full and I don't want anything left out. Don't you hold back anything. Don't try and sugarcoat it. Don't do anything like that. Say my word as it is, as I have given it to you. And I think that's something that um, is a word that needs to be heard for this day and age. As I've been reading through Jeremiah, a lot of it is very similar circumstances to things that are going on in this world that we live in. So often it, it, throughout the book, it's talking about these false prophets and these false um, teachers and things like that are that are throughout the nation and idolatry that is just all over the thing and it's very relevant to today. And so is not holding back a word, um, not sugarcoating it, and not actually, I suppose you could say, when we are telling people or sharing the gospel with them, that's a command to us as well. Not just tell all the good things or all the things that might tickle their ears or all the things that might not get anything bad to happen against us. If we would say anything that's in this world is so countercultural and they just simply wouldn't believe it but he says to him don't hold back a word and he says why verse three carries on it may be they will listen and everyone turn from his evil way that i may relent of the disaster that i intend to do to them because of their evil deeds verses four and six um, say what the message is that he's to proclaim to the people it says here you shall say to them thus says the lord if you will not listen to me to walk in my law that I have set before you and to listen to the words of my pro my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh and I will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. It's not quite a feel-good message that Jeremiah is called to proclaim to these people. It's not really a feel-good one. It's one of needing to turn from their sin. It's one of judgment and that this is going to happen if the people don't repent from what they've done and how God will send judgment for it. Not a feel-good message. It's a difficult message that Jeremiah has to bring, but God has told him to not hold back a word, and that requires obedience. And as the chapter goes on, we see what he does. Verse 7, The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking, all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people. So he was obedient to that. Amidst difficult circumstances, you could say, he's been given this difficult message of judgment to go and give to the people. He's standing in the court of the Lord's house, but he does it. And he does it faithfully and he's obedient to God to do it. But then we see the reaction. We'll read verse 8 again. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Well, that's very strong. They, they grab a hold of him, maybe ruffle him up a little bit, and issue him with death threats, just from simply proclaiming what God had told him to do. It was a difficult message, and the opposition against them kept, was starting up to the, the fact of just threatening him with death. And we, I always was, when I was looking at this, was wondering, what, would Jer what was Jeremiah thinking about at this time? Here he is again after 
the stage he was in 20 plus years proclaiming this message nobody wanting to hear it nobody wanting to turn away just getting no response getting hated on by everyone around him and now he's getting death threats i wonder if the devil is maybe whispering in his ear what's the point why are you doing what god's telling you to do why don't you just give up they're going to kill you he was trying to get him to doubt his message so many other things were maybe going through his mind at this time felt so discouraged was maybe scared for his life it reminds me a little bit of elijah after the top of the great um, feet at the top of Mount Carmel with um, destroying the prophets of Baal, and then Jezebel, just this one person, just simply you know, was sending out death threats to him, and he just went in despair and just went underneath the tree and just asked the Lord to die. He got that feared um, of what man would do to him. And maybe that's us at times. Maybe ever before we have maybe faithfully um, shared the gospel with someone. And the response hasn't been too great. Maybe they've threatened us. Maybe not. Maybe, but the case is it probably has. People have lost their lives before for simply sharing the gospel. But he's given this and he's been told that he will, um, he's been told they're going to kill him. And the fear could have easily just overwhelmed him at times. But I feel in that, and we'll see Jeremiah's response um, a little bit later on, but he probably remembered what the Lord had told him at the beginning of his ministry. Back in chapter one, he simply gave, um, the Lord gave these things, uh, said these words to him. Verse eight says, do not be afraid of them. That's the people that he's prophesying to, for I am with you to deliver you. And verse 19 as well, the final one of that first chapter, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. God was with him with this difficult message that he had to proclaim to the people. But God had always promised that he'd be with him, even though he was vastly outnumbered. And we read on to see that the officials of Judah came um, were brought to the king's house, uh, from the king's house to the house of the Lord, and they took their seat. And the opposition was growing and growing and growing and growing. And even though Jeremiah was vastly outnumbered, even though everyone was against him, the most important thing is that he, he had God on his side. He held on to the promises that God gave him back at the beginning of his ministry. And when we go through difficult things like this, maybe not to the same proportions, but we, I suppose we don't know what the future holds, that he was able to hold on to the promises. We see his reaction after reading on there and, and the um, priests and the prophets essentially say this man deserves the sentence of death, but verse 12, then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people saying, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city, all the words that you have heard. And I like the way the NLT puts verse 12. It says, the Lord gave me every word I have spoken. And maybe people will hate you for sharing God's word. Maybe they'll be against you for doing it, but don't take that personally upon yourself. It's God that they're angry with. It's his word. And this is exactly all that Jeremiah was doing throughout his whole ministry was just saying every word that God told him to say. But I just love the boldness and I'll, I'll close, it, close with this thought. He didn't shy away, Jeremiah. Yes, the opposition was great and no doubt fear would have been about it, but he trusted the promises and he continued to proclaim God's word boldly. He didn't change his message either. He didn't go, oh, I'll maybe go something a little bit softer. He simply says in verse 13, Now therefore mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God 
and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as um, seems good and right to you. He didn't change his message. He continually obeyed the Lord and simply just told them again, no, this is what God says. This is from the Lord. Repent from what you have done and turn back to God. And maybe you'll be safe from this disaster. And it shows us as well the importance of being bold with God's message. God has given us instructions in his word for us to obey, even if we are in the middle of opposition that's going on. And why is that the case? Why does he tell us to be obedient? Why is it so important that we take obedience seriously, even in the amongst, even in the midst of opposition? Well, it takes us back to verse three, doesn't it? It may be that they will listen and everyone turn from his evil way and will relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. Friends, in proclaiming the message of the gospel, why do we do it? Why do we go through the opposition and the difficulty that there will be and the opposition to the gospel, which there will be? Simply because someone may listen and turn from their evil way. And that's the end of the, um, I suppose, random few thoughts. Um, There's plenty more in this chapter, but yeah, that's the ones from Jeremiah 26. Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's definitely what stands out to myself is like his like spiritual resilience and how he was wasn't discouraged immediately and he just kept coming back to God and he was actually willing just to be bold um for God's sake, which is amazing. So folks, that is our short and sweet episode. Um thank you so much for tuning in and um yeah, you will hopefully see some episodes um spied out pretty shortly. Um I hope you have a great day, whatever whatever you may be up to. Uh, so yeah and any sort of feedback at all let us know um, how you've enjoyed it or any other thoughts you've been enjoying as well so have a fantastic day and thank you for tuning into the Good Fight Podcast um, good day